It's time to get in the zone. The Fantasy Football Zone. Hey guys, where else would you rather be? Get involved with the show by following us on Twitter at DraftThatGuy. Want a piece of that championship? Put it in here. This is the Fantasy Football Zone. Welcome back into the Fantasy Football Zone. It's PJ and we have Rotowire's Jake Latarski joining us again. And right off the bat, I think about an hour and a half before we started uh, recording all this, maybe less than that, some big news came down. I mean, we were already going to talk about some big things going on, but uh, Aaron Rodgers to the COVID list, and he's out against Kansas City. Sorry, State Farm. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be a real a, a real <laughs> difficult situation for, I mean, fantasy managers and, of course, the Packers to navigate through here. I mean, you saw last Sunday night when Dak Prescott got ruled out pretty late, right? That swung yes. the line like six points. So what is it going to mean for Aaron Rodgers getting ruled out? Now, you know, I was trying to look at that a little bit, too, um, and, you know, the game's in Kansas City, so the Chiefs were favored by two and a half. And if the books haven't taken the line down yet, I mean, the over-under fell by five points, and the Chiefs are now like seven and a half point favorites here. So, you know, and that's if the book still has it up at this point. So, obviously, that swings the uh, perception of the game here. Jordan Love will be out there and good to go. But, I mean, for two quarterback leagues, anybody playing the Chiefs has got to be in play, at least fantasy-wise. I mean, I don't think... I would, uh, you know, have the guts to go ahead and pick love up and start him in my single quarterback 10 team league. But, mm-hmm. you know, for your two quarterback leagues, there's some relevance there. But beyond that, I mean, Devonte Adams, if he gets cleared and Aaron Jones are the only guys I would really mess around starting with. I mean, yeah, you don't there are no secondary receivers or anything that, uh, you know, <laughs> on a love led yeah. team here. We'll see what happens. I mean. I wish this would have happened a week before the trade deadline. Maybe Love goes out and balls out, and, uh, <laughs> and they may, maybe they could get a nice return for him. But uh, uh, very uneventful trade deadline. I'm sure we'll get to that here. But yeah, uh, yeah big news up in Packer country. Yeah, so I mean that was that's huge. That just came down. And of course, last week we had you know the defensive coordinator Barry, and then Alan Lazard, and then uh, like you said, Adam. So we hope this is the only case this week. But I mean, it's it's the biggest one there is. Yeah, um, I'm not I'm not quite fully brushed up on everyone's vaccination status, but yeah. I think love will be OK. I would hope they separate him enough to prepare in this situation. But, uh, you know, the other funny thing is, is uh, the first reaction in, you know, in one of my Packer Wisconsin group ch- uh, texts was, uh, well, at least he got covid now. So he's cool in the playoffs. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We don't we don't have to worry about that popping up again. I, I guess I hope, you know, we never know with uh, how this virus is going and, and, and yeah. all the variables here. But um, so it was nice. The Packers were able to bank a couple wins. I mean, traveling out to Arizona and getting that win was probably the best that I've seen the Packers play. I didn't even give them much of a chance. I mean, anyone that listened last week, I, I wasn't uh, super optimistic, but they surprised me like crazy. I mean, Cobb turned out to be a great fantasy start. And now he's probably back towards the drop list, you know, for this week. But uh, uh, no, they played amazing. You know, the defense played well, uh, you know, without Barry. And they've really been impressing me. But it was nice that they can bank these wins because even with Kansas City really struggling. I mean, Kansas City beat the Chiefs or I mean, they beat the uh, Giants on Monday night. You know, they're still a tough team to contend with here. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to see how this goes. It'll be an interesting week this week. Well, what we were going to lead off was, you know, major injuries this past week. Of course, Derrick Henry's the big one. Jameis Winston, you know, a little less known. Uh, Calvin Ridley going to take a leave of absence from the team with mental health right now for the Falcons. You've got that. And then, of course, you know, the rug situation, too. I mean, just mm-hmm. some, I mean, some big names, obviously, with Henry, some lower tier, but they could have helped you with the league. But, you know, a lot of weird situations going on right now. Yeah, yeah, across the board. I mean, Ridley being out indefinitely. I mean, I saw Yahoo removed him from their can't cut list. So that brings <laughs> forth an interesting dilemma there. 
Um, I think that helps Kyle Pitts' stock, if anything, because he's basically their wide receiver too, yeah. disguised as a tight end here. You know, Winston, that he was kind of a fringe fantasy guy for most standard formats yes. anyway. Obviously, Henry's the huge news here. And, and you know, maybe in waiver, maybe I'll save it for the waiver wire section, but yeah. there are a couple backs that, you know, they bring in Adrian Peterson. You know, Jeremy McNichols is the hot uh, is the hot fab commodity this week. So there's, you know, they've got that going on. And the other one that happened, I think, right around the same time as Rodgers. So maybe, uh, maybe that got overshadowed a little bit but it looks like michael thomas for the saints is going to be out for the season suffered a setback you know he we were expecting him back really any week now but the absence of news was starting to get a little worrisome and now we know that you know he's had a setback obviously him and the organization have been at odds over when to actually get that surgery you know it happens right at the start of the offseason maybe we have him back by now even with a setback but uh so that's another situation here that uh you know fantasy managers are going to have to react to it it's really a bummer for anyone who you know paid a little bit for him on draft day and then had him suck up a roster spot the entire year yes and uh and, and then now here we are we're not going to get to use them no matter what their uh their shaky quarterback situation is it, it's almost like shades of a aj green situation was it last year two years ago almost where you know mm-hmm. you know he was he was injured but you're banking you know stretch run maybe after week eight nine ten when we get towards fantasy playoffs nice to have in your back pocket but now it seems more than not those those moves aren't paying off anymore yeah yeah i know it's uh I mean, these roster spots, as we see, we've seen this year, you know, so many big injuries. Every single roster spot is such a commodity in fantasy football, you know, and I'm a, I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of having IR spots, maybe a covid specific one because mm-hmm. I like to keep the waiver wire thin. But if you're holding on to these guys, it's, uh, you know, the oper- what is the opportunity cost of holding Michael Thomas on your bench for eight weeks, you know, yes. and, and finally getting to drop him? You know, there's a lot of good pickups that, you know, came and went that uh, that could have definitely helped out squads. All right, so, you know, we talk about major injuries, but we've got some big returns on the horizon, possibly here for Week 9. It sounds like Christian McCaffrey might be back. Uh, There might be George Kittle maybe coming off IR, Michael Gallup, also David Montgomery in Chicago. What do we know? Is there any for sure we know who's coming back for Week 9? Yeah, I mean, I can't really say that for sure anyone's coming back. I can give you more likely than not um, because when teams, just a refresher on the IR rules, you know, the player has to miss three games and then a team will designate them, designate them for a return to practice at which point they have 21 days to be activated here. And um, with McCaffrey, Last week, Rule said, uh, he kind of said this week or next. So okay. he kind of left the door open for not coming back this week. Uh, but if he misses week nine, it'll probably be, you know, barring a setback the last week that he misses. They get the Patriots this week. But McCaffrey was, I think, just this this morning. Of course, everything gets overshadowed by the Rodgers news. But just this morning, McCaffrey was designated for return. So minimum 21 days. But I would guess, if I had a guess, it would probably be next week. I wouldn't rely too much on having him in your lineup. And uh, Kittle is a similar situation here. Um, you know, he's expected to have that 21-day window start up this week here. But uh I don't know. The Cardinals are number one against tight ends this year. And, you know, until we actually see him out there and practicing, you don't feel super confident about it. But again, one of the one of these next two weeks, probably, I think you could get Kittle back. Montgomery is a little bit less optimistic just because there hasn't been a lot of news on him. He's now missed four games. And like I said, no news. I would if I had a stage of guess, I would say after the week 10 by he was originally given three to five weeks here. Why not hold him out this week, then bring him back after the after the bye week and uh, and, you know, make sure that he's fully healthy there because, you know, we had Damian Williams, you know, 
go out early and Herbert's yeah. been solid for him. You know, bears aren't going anywhere this season. Why rush him back? And then I think the last guy we, we uh, listed here is Michael Gallup. He has already been designated for return. It was last Monday. Uh, so I think that he's going to be playing against Denver this week. I don't, I don't know what kind of role he has. It'll depend yeah. on if he can log full practices this week, but I think he's going to get in and play a role against Denver this week with presumably Dak Prescott back. I mean, Dak looked, good enough to go last week. I think they were just over overly conservative here. So I think we could see the Cowboys offense at full strength here very soon. Uh, trade deadline that uh, went and has gone and passed. Of course, you hear all kinds of rumors. Oh, there's video of OBJ's dad. That. <laughs> Baker's not throwing the ball to him enough. Braden Cooks is going to be a Packer. All this other stuff going on and uh, nothing really big. I think the big, yeah. the big offensive deal was that Zach Ertz to the Cardinals a couple weeks ago because other than that, Von Miller was the big headline. Defense seemed to rule the day for a trade deadline. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the Rams D are already like 99% rostered in fantasy yes. leagues. So that's pretty, pretty irrelevant. I mean, up here, you know, us Packer fans know by now to have pretty low expectations. They were actually, <laughs> I thought a realistic one. I mean, apparently the asking price for Evan Ingram was too high. Yeah. Uh, you know, I thought realistic would have been like Jordan Akins or Hayden Hurst to help the tight end position. Mm -hmm. I know Sternberger just got released from, uh, I forget where, who, who was having him. So maybe they make <laughs> a move there, but. <laughs> I but, don't uh, know yeah. about that. They, it seemed like there was a little sour grapes at the end of that relationship. Yeah. So yeah. Know. Yeah. There, yeah. There might be, we'll see. We'll see. But uh, no, Oh, there's not much that's going to go out. I'm, hey, I saw Delaney Walker wants to play for a contender. Remember him? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Bring him <laughs> no, back. So just yeah, just throwing those funny names out here. I mean, yeah, Zach Ertz looks like he's going to be uh, the tight end on one of the most high-powered offenses in the league. So you know, I'm confidently rostering and you know starting him when I have to. He was my he was my kind of pickup for when Kittle went down or when Waller went down or when some of those tight ends went down uh, and I needed a guy and he's working out okay. Uh, the other big one is Mark Ingram reuniting with the Saints. I mean, that has at least a little bit of yeah. a fantasy impact. It might detract Kamara from being the uh, number one overall pick if we redraft. I mean, that's a fun conversation to have now that now that Henry goes down. Who would be the number one pick if you redrafted today? And you know, Kamara gets in that conversation, but he had his lowest snap share since week one with Mark Ingram involved, and Mark Ingram was there and he was catching passes too. Mm -hmm. So you know, Mark Ingram got a few carries. He's I don't really change Mark Ingram's fantasy outlook a whole lot from when he was with Arizona because, or I'm not, not Arizona, excuse me, with Houston, because it was a committee there too. So, you know, he's, he hasn't really, you know, outside of that one positive game script, he hasn't really been a crazy fantasy asset. He'll, I mean, he might be a guy that you could roster if you're a Kamara owner because, you know, he would be the guy and he's catching passes here, but now they basically have a running back playing quarterback too. So that makes things a little bit interesting over there, but yeah, the big, the fantasy names, you know, Mark Ingram and Zach Ertz, th those would have been huge deadline deals maybe five years ago, but there's really a minimal impact on the fantasy market from the trade deadline. And that's what most years are. You know, there are a couple yeah. outliers, maybe once every five years, something, you know, some big shakeups happen, but uh, for the most part here, you know, the, the trade deadline is uneventful for fantasy purposes. All right. We're going to, uh, start hitting the panic button once again uh, this week because uh, I just <laughs> here we are again our all-time contender I think is Allen Robinson so we can keep on smashing that a little bit mm -hmm. but I mean any others that we're looking at because now we're f officially halfway the season looking <laughs> towards playoff positioning who are we saying okay this guy's really burning me now <laughs> 
Yeah, just because you mentioned Robinson, it's hilarious. The <laughs> only thing that you could hang on to him for was him maybe getting dealt for some reason. Yeah. And obviously he's not. So um, I'm going to go back to Antonio Gibson as the panic button this week. There are a couple things that concern me here. One, he's heading into a, into a buy, so you're not going to be able to use him really. He was outcarried by uh, Jared Peterson, actually. And Jared Peterson played in non-garbage time. And between Gibson, Peterson, yeah. Patterson, I'm sorry, Patterson, not Peterson. I'm, yeah. I got AP on my mind. Yeah. Uh, between Gibson, Patterson, and McKissick, all three of them touched the ball an exact equal amount of times here. So they have that option available. Plus, Gibson's still playing with that stress fracture in his shin. I don't know how you expect that to heal if you're active every single week. And I don't, I don't, I haven't had any indication that they'd shut him down, Mm -hmm. but, you know, playing through some obvious pain and discomfort with legitimate competition on the roster here, Antonio Gibson, you know, during draft season, he was getting taken at that first, second round turn. And I I think there's pretty much no chance he lives up to that at this point. Yeah. I mean, that's, it it is sad. I mean, because, yeah, I mean, like you said, he was right there at the top. People were taking him at the turn, thinking about, okay, if they if they was their second back, they're like, oh, got a pretty good stable here, one-two punch. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it you're right. It has not uh, panned out that way. Um, looking at the waiver wire here, obviously the McNichols, uh, you, know, te- you know, Tennessee Titans, that's the uh, big thing, uh, the big pickup yep. this week. But, of course, the AP news comes out, too, and – didn't they sign? Was it Dante Freeman? Didn't they sign someone else to the practice squad too? To just the uh, Freeman's still on the Ravens. That's think, right. Yeah, so. he's on yeah, the frame. Unless I missed one. No, I mean Freeman. If Latavius Murray is still hurt, Freeman could be okay. He was the guy who got the start and the goal line carries for the Ravens. Yeah. But I want a quick back to, backtrack to the Titans here. Um, so Jeremy McNichols, he's. Clearly the top pickup this week. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people empty their budgets. I did in one league out of necessity. I don't necessarily feel great about it mm-hmm. because McNichols has never really been an early down back in his what, four or five year NFL career. Yeah. He's always kind of been the third down pass catching guy. And no one player here is going to replace Derrick Henry, you know, by any means. He's just a special kind of talent here. So. I think we're going to actually see some Adrian Peterson. Mm-hmm. And I saw some big bids for him, too. I don't know really what. If I'm going to have super high expectations of Adrian Peterson, but I think collectively, you know, Peterson will probably get some of the early down work and maybe even some of the goal line work just because I don't think McNichols is suddenly ready to be a 30 touch per game guy. I kind of compare it. I was trying to think of an analogy to compare this backfield to. It reminds me a little bit of a poor man's Arizona where McNichols is Chase Edmonds and AP is James Conner, but both just like a little step below. So you know, you're looking at like maybe 15 point fantasy ceilings in some weeks for these guys. And I mean, the Titans offense just isn't going to run like it did with, with Derrick Henry. So there will be less touches to go around. I think they will be a little more pass happy. Um, McNichols, I think is a great ad for PPR. I, I think he'll get catches and he'll get it. And I think they have to give him some carries just because the rest of that depth chart is rough here. Um, but again, he's not going to be anybody's fantasy savior, and it's merely a Band-Aid if you lost Derrick Henry. So, you know, you got to keep expectations in check there. Uh, I'll hit on a couple other waiver wire pickups that came up. I know they have a buy coming up, but I looked and Logan Thomas from the Washington football team was only 51% rostered in Yahoo League. So that surprised me a little bit. If yeah. you can stomach the bench spot, you know, he could be a good rest of season tight end, especially if Fitzpatrick is coming back here after their bye week. And uh, if you need tight end to help, I mean, Dan Arnold, 10 targets last week, follow the targets here. So I'm looking at that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the other surprising one, Devonte Parker, 35% rostered. Yes. He had double digit targets last week. 
Will Fuller's still working back from a finger injury, so he's not uh, he's not going to necessarily come out and take over in any means. It'll be Parker and Waddle. I mean, both those guys are on the field for around 90% of the snaps and saw double-digit targets, and, you know, Parker's actually the vet with some experience. So I, uh, I put 7% bid down on Parker, and I lost to somebody with a 12% bid here. So he's not flying under the radar by any means, but he's an ad that can absolutely make a difference and be a startable wide receiver the rest of your season. Time now for Studs and Duds. All right, let's get into uh, some studs and duds. Uh, running back position this week, who are you looking at? Yeah, so the stud, you know, I'm going a little bit chalk, but I want to bring it back to that conversation we had about who would go number one overall yeah. in a redraft here. And a lot of people say Kamara Cook, you know, you, they play the hits. They like those guys. Najee Harris has uh, determined a lot of volume too. But the guy that is an absolute stud this week, and uh, could make a case for the number one pick in a redraft is Jonathan Taylor. Yes. We have him as our RB2 overall this week. And uh, looking at, uh, you know, the defense first position stats, they're home against the Jets. They're going to be big favorites. And the Jets are the worst uh, team against opposing running backs. They're giving up almost 30 fantasy points per game collectively to opposing running backs here. And, you know, the yards per carry isn't great. They're one of only two teams, them and the Lions, uh, who have given up double-digit touchdowns to opposing running backs here. And, of course, the Lions are on by this week and the Jets, uh, you know, ha- have had their buy already. So, uh, you know, with all that in mind, uh, that that's a matchup you absolutely want to target. And, uh, you know, it's a bummer for Taylor owners that Marlon Mack couldn't get moved at the deadline, but, uh, nonetheless, he, he's, he's got a case for definitely a top five pick if you redrafted and possibly the number one overall back this week. Well, you know, with the news coming down with Rogers out, I've got to go with Aaron Jones as a stud this week, because I just think, He's going to be him, and obviously A.J. Dillon is going to be heavily evolved, but I think with Jordan mm-hmm. Love at quarterback, check down City. I think Jones will have dang near probably eight receptions or something like that. I mean, I think with just the PPR value that Jones is going to have this week, I think he's going to have a big game there in rushing. And again, yeah, the Chiefs defense, not the greatest in the world. So I think mm-hmm. Aaron Jones, now with this news coming down, I think he could be a huge week for him. Yeah, yeah, this is interesting. So last week, he, of course, with the receiver situation being so dire, we saw him split out a lot, kind of like we predicted. We saw him split out with A.J. Dillon in the backfield. Um, I think as the receivers start to get a little bit more healthy, I mean, MVS has been designated to return. He looks pretty likely to suit up this week, Um, you know, and then we just have to get Devontae cleared. If Devontae gets cleared, I think they go back, you know, to having Jones in the backfield and, you know, Dillon being more of an afterthought. And, uh, yeah, Jones should dominate the touches here. I I just I have no way of knowing if Love's going to kind of force feed Devonte Adams, yeah. Um, like like maybe he should, mm-hmm. or uh, if they really focus on the running game because you know um, that that offensive line is getting back to full strength and Lafleur has I mean you know he from working in Tennessee he's always been kind of a run first coach and yeah. and, and Love's pretty mobile so I think uh, he can design a running game to uh, to hopefully exploit this Chiefs defense and you're right whether it's whether it's passes PPR or just carries between the tackles uh, I think they're going to lean heavily on Jones you're right all right Dud running back this week who you got yeah I'm going to uh, stop the hype train here uh, you know put the brakes on on a couple of guys that have been playing well lately that have tough matchups and uh, two guys I want to touch on are Damian Harris from the Patriots and Michael Carter from the Jets here <laughs> oh not Michael pan- Carter come on something good for the Jets yeah something good yeah. for the Jets see the, the the problem is here is uh 
they get the third best. The Jets get the third best run defense in the league in the Colts. The Colts have only given up two touchdowns to opposing running backs, rushing touchdowns, and are giving up less than four yards a carry here. Carter was dominating the touches here, but I, I don't think he can keep that up in this type of matchup. And it's the same thing with Damian Harris going up against the Panthers. Uh, they're the number two best defense against opposing running backs in terms of fantasy points per game. Both of those defenses giving up less than 14 points per game. And Damian Harris. You just have, uh, I mean, it's the New England backfield here. You never know really what you're going to get each week. You know, will Ramondre Stevenson be active again? Maybe cut into the touches. Uh, Damian Harris has been the guy, but he's going to have a much stiffer test this week. So we need to uh, pump the brakes a little bit on Carter and Harris. Are they both rosterable? Absolutely. Yeah, they should be rosterable in anything, you know, even borderline 10 team leagues. You could, they they probably should be rostered here. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking at like 10 points max for these guys this week. All right, a dud I'm looking at uh, this week, and he's you know he's put up some sneaky good fantasy numbers the last two weeks, but if you really look into the numbers, it was a big play here, or a big play there, and I'm going to go with Joe Mixon with the Bengals. I mean, they got a tough matchup against this Browns defense, which is you know is done pretty decent against the run so far this year, and I just. I don't know if he's healthy yet or not, but it's just like if, if he didn't have a big run here or a, you know a big catch here, those would have been just ordinary days at the office for mm-hmm. Mixon. So I I, I think that's going to pile up. Plus with P Ryan in the backfield there too, maybe cutting in a little bit. I think it's tough sledding for Joe Mixon this week. Yeah, yeah. P Ryan makes a uh, you know makes an appearance. That receiving core is pretty loaded, and they go to that and uh, Mixon had three rushes red zone rushes inside the five this week and uh that's after he got zero rushes inside the five the previous three weeks combined in fact all season he's gotten three red zone rushes inside the five and of course that was against the jets defense who was giving up the most points to opposing running backs and you know outside of his two touchdowns last week 14 carries for 33 yards that's not really anything to write home about necessarily so uh you know you can write that off his matchup and expect him to regress back to the mean a little bit this week all right quarterback uh who's gonna be a stud this week yeah, I'm going to go down the list a little bit and uh, and pick on pick on the Texans because uh, I <laughs> think not? Tua is out there and he's a great streaming option if one of your quarterbacks is on by. Uh, I mean, they're the the Texans are what the four, fifth worst against opposing fantasy quarterbacks. They're the, right up there in yards per attempt allowed. Tua is only 35 percent rostered in Yahoo leagues, and you saw he had a decent fantasy day with uh, Devontae Parker coming back, who you know who, who I really like and respect as, as a player here. So uh, yeah, Tua, you know, not, had a good matchup, uh, you know, in the in the past couple of weeks, but um, but uh, you know, I think he can really excel this week. Am I really gonna do this? I this is very deep, 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 deep stud call. I'll go with Justin Fields against the Steelers. I I don't know what I'm thinking. Maybe I maybe I'm just I saw the running yards and I saw some passing. I think Matt Nagy will be back at his coach, so that might be the problem. I don't know. I want to believe in Fields. I don't know why I hate Ohio State, but I just. I'll go with Justin Fields. I've got a feeling that he might do something decent. He's got to in this one because he's he's got some good hype coming off that San Francisco game. Uh, what was it? I think 27 fantasy points on average he was getting. So uh, I'll go with him as a stud quarterback, and it could be the worst call of all time. 
Yeah, I mean, if you're looking for support for that move, you're not going to find oh, it. Oh, come on. <laughs> I mean, the Steelers are a top 10 defense against quarterbacks. You know, Justin Fields is still going to have those rookie roles, going to turn the ball over. Steelers only giving up a little more than three yards per carry to opposing quarterbacks, too. So, uh, you know, that, that that's rough. I mean, I, I, I just don't see it. I mean, he's. He might be uh, he, by the end of the season, he might develop into a Jalen Hurts type fantasy player where the real life results are going to be tor- her- terrible. But the uh, the fantasy results and the rushing will make him a serviceable quarterback every week. But I think serviceable is probably a ceiling this year. Yes, you're probably right. All right. Doug quarterbacks this week. You could start it off with Justin Fields. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, no, I could start it off with Justin Fields, <laughs> but I was going to go a little bit, uh, you know, coming off of the injury, um, even if he's getting weapons back. I'm a little worried about Dak Prescott here. Um, you know, it's home, but the Broncos are the third best team against opposing quarterbacks. I think the pass rush might get after a little bit and uh, and coming off the injury and the bye week, maybe a little bit of rust for Dak. So I'm going to be, you know, I'm a little bit lower on him than normal this week. Um, I guess, you know, because Brady's out and, you know, you might have to start this guy. Matt Ryan, I'm going to say not good matchup this week against the Saints. Of course, he had the bloody hand. I heard all about that from my kids as we were getting the mm-hmm. costumes ready for Halloween. Oh, look at his hand. It's like, well, it's Halloween. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so, you know, with Ridley now out and, and, and that going on, obviously he still has Pitts a tight end, and they're trying to get him involved. But uh, this Saints defense, the secondary, pretty you know, good historically against them. So I, I think Matt Ryan, if you have to start him this week, uh, I think you might want to look elsewhere. Yeah. And I mean, in, he just, uh, he loses Ridley. And of course, now we know that that's happening. He had lost Ridley for a couple weeks before. Yeah. He's still got uh, Kyle Pitts, but I mean, without his top wideout last week, uh, 20 to 27 for 146, one yeah. touchdown, two picks. Now, granted, the Panthers are a tough team, uh, you know, you know, to be playing here, you know, one of the tough matchups I mentioned before, but the Saints are definitely no walk in the park either. So I can agree with you there. All right, stud wide receiver this week. Who you got? Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna bring two guys to the table. Both of these guys are are receivers that pretty much dominate their team's target share and get a ton of volume, but they also get good matchups this week. So uh I think some of this uh you know, some of this analysis we've been doing following the targets, following the volume mm-hmm. will finally come to fruition. Uh I'm gonna take the other side of that uh Houston Miami matchup and go with Brandon Cooks against the Dolphins here. And I also like uh Deontay Johnson, who I like every week. You know, I'm you, you probably yes. know by now I'm the biggest Deontay johnson fan there is but the the dolphins and bears are the second worst and third worst respectively against uh opposing wide receivers both are giving have given up a dozen touchdowns in eight weeks to opposing wide receivers and uh you know the yards per target the catch rate everything across the board suggests that these are matchups to target and both of these guys are just getting such a high volume even if crooks is a little disgruntled about maybe not getting moved or some of the moves the organization has made he's still going to get the ball and uh and i'm starting these guys you know even cooks um, johnson you're starting every week no matter what cooks might be a fringe flex guy but i'm definitely rolling him out this week all right you got me on this guy last week your pick, Michael Pittman. I'm going to go with him this week against this with the Jets. Again, coming off the career high, time, 10, yeah. 10 catches, 86 yards, two TDs last week. He's aiming for a third game in a row with 85-plus receiving yards and a touchdown. And, yeah, I think there's a relationship there. Him and Wentz now develop. And, again, the Jets matchup, yeah, I think Pittman, definitely the number one guy, even with T.Y. Hilton out there. He's that. It's not five years ago. It's Michael Pittman time. Yeah, we don't know for sure that Hilton will be back again, and yeah. and, uh, and that I mean that receiving core has just been uh, 
has been devastated, you know, by injuries with Paris Campbell now on IR. And then, of course, yeah, Hilton uh, had that concussion earlier. Oh, looks, he has already been ruled out Thursday okay. against the Jets. So there we go. Uh, yeah, definitely, Michael Pittman. That, that that's the uh, that, that that's a surefire pick. I love. He's one of my highest exposures in my fantasy portfolio. I love him long term. Have him in dynasty, and, uh, and and I'm really pleased with those moves. All right, Dud wide out this week. Yeah, so I think the general line of thinking with the Titans here is that, uh, you know, like I said, they might have to be a little more pass happy without Derrick Henry. But uh, I'm a little bit worried about A.J. Brown going up against. uh, He's going to see a lot of Jalen Ramsey this week here. So uh, I'm going to pump the brakes on him uh, with the matchups. This offense is going to take a while to rediscover itself. Um, you know, and find their new identity without Henry. And you mix that with a tough matchup this week against the Rams pass rush that is going to get after it. And against Jalen Ramsey, who's going to see a lot of AJ Brown. Um, I, I, I'm, you know, very low expectations this week, you know, but I, Again, I, I can't say that enough that that you uh, that he's an auto bench by any means. Maybe yeah. in a ten team league, you find some other options here, but uh, yeah, you just he's not going to carry you this week. That's for sure. All right, I'm going to go to this Dallas Denver matchup and hear me out on this. And I'm trying to pick which one, but I think Amari Cooper. Yes, he had the big game last week, but I think if Gallup is back, and I'm basing this all off of Week One. They really liked Gallup in week one. And then he have like the, I believe he had the most target or when he was in the game, they were featuring him a lot or they were, you know, he was getting a lot of the snaps. Lamb was kind of, you know, passed out. I think if they introduce him back into the shuffle, I think that's going to cut into Cooper's timeshare here more than Lamb. I think Lamb now, you know, he's, they know where he is. They've got to get him on the field. But I think if Gallup is back for the Cowboys this week, I think Amari Cooper like I said, you don't bench him, but I think you can temper those expectations a little bit against Denver. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you there. So, uh, you know, I'll kind of relate this to the Giants situation this past week with Kadarius Tony. He wasn't really practicing, and we didn't know for sure. Uh, you know, they, they didn't really plan much of the game plan around him like they did prior to the injury because they didn't know for sure if he'd be available. Yeah. And uh, Gallup is the opposite, where he started practicing last week. He was cleared a while ago. Uh, I think we can be pretty confident he'll be available, and that um, that tends to spread things out a little bit. I, and and it's, it's a tough matchup. You know, it's a upper third of the league you know, against receivers, just like they are against quarterbacks. So, uh, yeah, you definitely want to watch out there a little bit. I'm with you. All right, let's get into Packers and Chiefs with all the big news coming down here today. Obviously, Rodgers out. Chiefs heavy favorites now, or is there a chance, especially after what we saw in Arizona, if they kind of do a game plan like that, do they have much of a chance in Kansas City? So I will say from watching the Chiefs very closely on Monday night that there are some legitimate concerns about that team yeah they got the win against the Giants but they did not look great doing it and the Giants defense um, they played it very interesting and I think set a blueprint for other teams playing the Chiefs where they were basically giving the Chiefs whatever they wanted running and daring Patrick Mahomes to go downfield and you know there's not much pure wide receiver depth after Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey had one of the worst games I've ever seen him play. You know, he yeah. dropped some, he fumbled, he just, you know, he did, you know, he got upfield at the very end when he needed to, he came through. Sure. But uh, I, the, it, he just didn't look good. So, I mean, this team is a lot more beatable than they expect, but do I expect Jordan love to go in there and, uh, and hand them an L 
I don't think so. I mean, that line's getting to, geez, you know, minus eight or so. Yeah. Um, you know, that's going to be, that's going to be a real tough ask here. And yeah, you know, maybe I'll reverse jinx it. Jinx it. I didn't pick the Packers last <laughs> week. I didn't think there was really a chance of them going in there. Maybe Jordan Love will surprise me, but I don't think I've seen enough of him, even against a bad defense to uh, suggest that he's going to be able to outpace Patrick Mahomes and scoring here. So um, it'll be, I mean, It'll be on the running game and defense, really. Yeah. You know, uh, we're not going to put the game in Love's hands. We're going to need the defense to create a couple turnovers. And, you know, kind of like we talked about last week, sometimes, you know, Mahomes doesn't want to go for that check down. He never wants to settle for the check down. He wants to make a lot happen. And uh, that definitely burned him on the opening drive of Monday Night Football when he threw a ball that got tipped up and picked off. And uh, maybe that continues to burn him here. Maybe we can get a we can catch a mistake, you know, if, but the fact that I'm doing mental gymnastics yeah. to try to carve <laughs> yes. out a path to victory here yeah. should show you how optimistic I am about this game. I think if they could just control, you know, do the uh, time of possession thing, if they can do a balance of Jones and Dylan and then make a key pass here or there and just do the time of possession and just salt the game away. I think they might be able to pull off, but I, I don't think they're going to be able to establish that. That's the problem. I, I, I think it might get into a track meet right away, and then that might be where the problem sets in. So, yeah, yeah I think Kansas I mean, like I said, there's there's a blueprint defensively out there for yes. how to stop the Chiefs so far. And, you know, he, will Andy Reid eventually make some adjustments? Sure. But, uh, you know, the Chiefs are – they got the win, but they're – I wouldn't say they're in crisis mode exactly, but, you know, with – Against Green Bay's backup quarterback, they absolutely have to get this win at home here, and I think uh, I, I think they're going to find a way to do it. it. It'll, you know, I I always say as a Packer fan, every game Aaron Rodgers starts, I'm I'm confident that they're going to win going in, no matter what. Here, yeah. now we're we're robbed of that luxury, and uh, it's it's looking pretty bleak here. Hopefully, we can get Rodgers back next week, and uh, you know, we got the COVID thing out of the way early, which I guess you know, glass half full. We'll look at it that way. And, of course, Rotowire, you can help out with all these matchups and just a lot of other things going on now with basketball, hockey, I think big UFC weekend coming up too. So yep. Yeah, UFC big at stuff. Madison Square Garden. I mean, we got pre- or we got a Champions League soccer going on this afternoon. We're uh, we're kicking across the board here. You know, baseball's finally done, but we're full, still in full swing. Uh, Rotowire.com slash try gets you 10 days, no credit card required, no strings attached. You know, we won't charge you at the end of the trial or anything like that. And, of course, uh, YouTube.com slash Rotowire to catch me every Tuesday on on the uh, on the free agent special here, we thought we were going to have a trade deadline yes. special last week, but uh, really nothing out there, uh, you know, worth reporting too much as we discussed today. So it's been good. I think thank you again for having me, and uh, thanks for all the support out there. Subscribe to the Fantasy Football Zone and give us a five star rating while you're at it. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Football Zone podcast.